0: Good morning church family, it's good to see you again even though behind the camera, it's good catching up though at, uh, at church, and finally being allowed to, to meet each other face to face. Today we're looking at John chapter five, six and seven just a brief overview of that. And today I wanna to focus on this idea that Jesus can completely satisfy the cravings of our soul. The journey of Israel through Egypt, uh, from Egypt through, through the desert in the Sinai desert has so many parallels to our lives. Now, I don't think it's by chance that God spent 40 years leading them and feeding them through this dry and waterless land and they complained every step of the way. And all they wanted to do was go back into slave, slavery, believe it or not. But at least at slavery they said they, we had food to eat and things like that and enjoy the, the luxuries of the land. I'm not sure about you, but that has a lot of parallels for my life as well god's trying to lead me through life if you like and uh, all i seem to do is complain about all of these things and and this my my sin nature is drawn back to my, you know the, the old way of life and and the the pleasures or the desires of the flesh but we're constantly being led by god and he wants to feed us and he wants to lead us he wants to lead us you lead the children of Israel to this promised land, to to a better place that would be beyond their wildest dreams. Um, but they were too short-sighted; they could only see what was right in front of them. And God wants to lead us too to this spiritual place, to a, a far better place than where we are now. But rather than be content with being led and fed by Jesus, it's like we wander from place to place, searching trying to find satisfaction in the desert and we ignore this invitation by Jesus to come to him and be directed and to be fed and to really completely satisfy the, the, the cravings of the soul. Jesus is making that offer. So today Jesus' invitation is to you. If you're thirsty, if you're hungry, then you don't want to miss this offer today. Of course, I missed uh, videoing last week. I'm gonna just do a quick recap of John chapter five and John chapter six before we head into John chapter seven. And so in John chapter five, Jesus really came out and no holds barred, he said, I am God. He declared himself to be God and really put the cat amongst the pigeons with the Jewish leaders and they really objected to that. But then Jesus gives them four examples or four witnesses that will testify that, that what he says is true. And he says uh, that John the Baptist, that his own teachings and his own miracles are evidence that he is who he claims to be, that he is God. And the Father, God the Father, what the Father said about him, that this is my son. And the fourth one, he talks about is scripture. That scripture is uh, specifically the books of Moses, the five books of Moses. And when he talks about Moses, that's who he's referring to, the, the, the Pentateuch, the five books of the Bible. Then in John chapter 6, John gives us examples of the impact that Jesus has on people uh, through his teaching and through his miracles. And he retells an account or a story that happened where Jesus actually fed 5, 000, at least 5,000 men, that's not counting women and children, and he fed them uh, bread and fish from a boy's lunch. And John takes us back into the Old Testament into, in the numbers where uh, God is actually... Feeding the children of Israel manna from heaven, and providing them and leading them through this dry and wilderness dry wilderness place. And so the next day, Jesus John says that Jesus came out and he said to the, cra- the crowd, "Well, you didn't really understand what was what all that was about." But he says, "I am the bread of life. I am the bread that comes down from heaven." And he says, "Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again." And that was an invitation for Jesus and um, people obviously were confused about what he was actually saying and how can we eat Jesus flesh but we understand today that uh, coming to Jesus and feeding on him on on his spirit uh, can satisfy our soul he was talking about about the spiritual nature of things not the physical and so in John chapter 7 Jesus declares himself to be the rock that was in the desert uh, which uh, living water flowed and the living water is talking about the spirit and it flows out. And so I've spoken about this uh, John chapter 7 before and so it won't hurt to do a quick refresh on, on this thinking because it's such a crucial chapter to understand really what Jesus is offering us. So John takes us back into the desert and, and to this place that... Uh, he calls uh, Moriah, I think it is, where Moses takes this stick and he strikes the rock. Really significant that um, he's told to strike the rock. And then water literally flows out of this rock. In John chapter seven, we see in verse 37 that there's this big festival that's happening. And really what this festival was about was a reenactment of this event back in Numbers and the crowds, they would literally build shelters and camp out uh, on the streets and they would relive this journey that Israel took and it would be a fantastic festival, lots of food and laughter. And on the final day of the, the celebration, the priest would literally take some jugs and they'd walk down to the pool of Siloam and they would scoop up the water and they'd bring it back up to the temple and they'd pour the water all over the altar. Pool of Siloam is a quite significant place in itself. It's fed from this spring that's over 500 meters away and in 700 BC, King Hezekiah, he ordered that a tunnel be dug from this natural spring, which is outside the city, uh, into the city. And then he built this wall around the spring to protect it from invaders coming to you know pollute the water and things like that. And so it meant that they had a constant supply of water in Jerusalem itself. But this water would literally come through this rock that was uh, solid rock they dug through for 500 meters. And you can go and visit the, the tunnel today. It's still got in Hezekiah's tunnel or something like that. And you can literally see the pick marked through the tunnel where they tunneled from both sides and the angles of the pick faces changed. So this is a, an extraordinary tunnel. It's still evidence that the Bible is, is true but literally this water runs through this rock and so the the priests would go down and they would gather water that come out of the rock and they would carry this water up and they'd pour it over the altar. And so the priests would pour water and the crowds were reminded that God had saved the people of Israel from, from Egypt. He'd led them through the desert and he'd supplied all their needs and it reminded them of the day that they uh, Seeing water come out of the rock just reminded them of God's faithfulness and supply. So I don't want to be over dramatic, but it seems to me that these priests, as they were pouring the water over the altar, and it's right at this the climax of this the festival, where everyone's shouting and cheering and remembering what God had done, that Jesus climbs up the steps of the temple, and he literally shouts over the top of the crowds, and he says, "Anyone who's thirsty." may come to me, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, Jesus says, that rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And what Jesus is saying there is that anyone who drinks from me, anyone who comes to me and receives the spirit, rivers of living water will flow from his heart, from his own heart. And so John goes on to explain that in uh, the later verse that Jesus is said I am the living water and when he was speaking of the living water he was talking about the spirit he makes it very clear and so the spirit would be given to anyone who believes in Jesus so I don't want to cloud this point with too many details about uh, what's going on in this chapter the chapter is very clear that when we come to Jesus we will be filled with the Spirit of God. And we're not filled with the Spirit by any other means. You know, you can some say we need to be speaking in tongues or to be baptized with water or some say baptized with fire, whatever that means. But when we simply come to Jesus, that's when we're filled with the Spirit of God. And Jesus invited the whole crowd to come to him. So this is not just an exclusive offer to any, any particular group. Everyone who comes to Jesus will be filled with the Spirit of God. Anyone who's thirsty will come and be filled with the Spirit and their soul will be satisfied. We live in this age of materialism and we're constantly drinking this water from a dirty cistern and we're never satisfied. It can never satisfy our souls. We still crave for more. We drink, but we want more. And we can never find this satisfaction that we're looking for because our souls are actually made for the spirit to fill. Max Picardo says that the signs of a dehydrated soul are everywhere. He, he says short tempers uh, long, and long memories, uh, judgment and unforgiveness, resentment, waves of worry, guilt, fear, sense of hopelessness, loneliness and even insecurity. These are the signs of a dehydrated soul. We, we worry about all sorts of things. But we don't need to live like that. Remember, this offer is from a real person, Jesus. He's living, he's existing, and his invitation is to come to him and drink. Come and be filled with him. Come to the rock. You have to come to the rock yourself. You can't just sit and listen to this message or even read the Bible. This is an invitation, a personal invitation to you to come to Jesus and to experience him the scriptures point to Jesus, and we can find out where he is and how we can get to him, but we really have to build a relationship with Jesus in order to be completely filled with the Spirit and to have our soul satisfied. It's only when the Spirit of God dwells in us that we can be filled with the Spirit. And there's no judgment in that statement. I'm not saying that you know, you know, certain people aren't filled with the Spirit. It's only an invitation to keep on drinking Think about that it's it's if you're not filled with the spirit i'm not i'm not judging you i'm saying come and drink keep drinking keep drinking until your foot until you're satisfied it's just amazing what the work of the spirit does in our lives you know we we maybe have resentment against someone but when you are filled with the spirit you find love for people that that you've never had you find a love for god again you, you might find the joy that you've lost over the years through hardship or struggle. You might find peace that you could never imagine and comfort in your greatest grief. The Spirit, What the Spirit does in our lives is, is just amazing. And uh, it's the way that God wants us to experience life with Him. The children of Israel were never alone on this journey. They were constantly being led and fed by God and we're not on this journey alone either we have the spirit of god living within us he wants to lead us through life direct us guide us he wants to feed us and fill us and satisfy our soul and all we need to do is come to him and ask simply ask you see the rock has already been struck and out of the rock is continually flowing the spirit Fresh won't be need to be struck again. We don't have to come to Christ and strike him In fact Moses got into trouble for striking the rock twice and he missed out on the the promised land That's probably a story for another day But the Christ has been struck. He's, he died on the cross and as a result of his death we can be filled with the Spirit of God and he will lead us through this life And even though it's a journey, and even though the journey is hard, the promise is that God will never leave us. He will continue to feed us and supply all our needs and satisfy our souls. So let me pray for you today, and let's ask God to continue to lead and to feed us as we go on this journey of life together. Father, we just thank you for who you are. You are an amazing God who has a plan for our life, and we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Spirit and all of these aspects of God come into our life and lead and feed and, and you've died for us and you've taken our punishment for our sin and now you want to fill our life and give us direction and satisfy the deep desires of our soul. Father, you meet every aspect of our being and we just give you thanks for that. Today I just pray for those, Lord, who, who aren't filled with the Spirit like we should be and I include myself. And Lord, I, I ask Jesus to to fill us with your Spirit, to satisfy our souls and to use us in a way that as we're filled with your Spirit, that that Spirit would overflow into this community of people that we, we know and that your love will become known just through our, our, who we are and our actions. So we ask, Lord, that you'll use us today to make your name great and to make Jesus known in our, in our community. We pray for everyone who might be sick today, who are suffering, who are alone, who needs comfort. Lord, just visit them with your spirit and meet their needs, we pray. I pray all of these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, church. We'll see you again face-to-face next week. Bye for now.